Impact FM here in Auckland, uh, Howick in Auckland, Historical Howick, 88.1, 107.1. I'm Jim Birchall, as I said, Occam's Reason number 29 tonight. I uh, hope you've been enjoying the series uh, while we've been out of the studio, but we're doing a live show for the first time in a while tonight. I'm joined by Sam Collier from Haunted Auckland once again. Hi, Sam, how are you? Good, how are you? Man, I can't complain. Um, I've pretty much been working all through this lockdown. I haven't uh, faced being in the media, I haven't faced the restrictions that a lot of people have. Um, I've had pretty much free reign to go to the office and um, you know do my work uninterrupted. Um, Excellent. I actually got a lot more done than usual, which is uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a bad thing, I think. Um, what about you? Did you you know you work for a multinational? It's a drug company, isn't yep. it? So yep. I'm assuming you're an essential worker. Yeah, essential worker, not frontline, but um, yeah, very busy. Yep. Well, we start, started off very busy. Now we're yep. kind of tapering off a little bit. Okay. So. Is that because you were supplying medical products? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the rush is over. Some of the machines even came from Italy, so you can imagine. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you haven't caught up with the news, um, we're broadcasting on the 18th of May, and New Zealand has uh, entered level two status, um, whereby you're allowed to expand your bubble. Um, and for, the, I think, the first or second days, or well, the past couple of two days, um, we've had very low figures, if not zero, uh, new cases of coronavirus in the country. So we've definitely flattened the curve. Touch wood, there won't be a second wave. Um, we've already done a show on coronavirus conspiracy, so tonight we're going to talk about maritime mysteries. How does that sound? Sounds awesome. Not bad. Now, I was looking through around for a few topics. We didn't have a uh, guest per se uh, for this um, episode, as opposed, I mean, aside from Sam, obviously, he's come yeah. on. Um, Davy Jones is pretty hard to get hold of these yeah. days. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, now, I was reclining at home the other day, and I booked myself a small getaway um, down to a place called Lake Tarawera, which is near Rotorua in the central north island of New Zealand. Quite a mysterious, uh, mystical sort of place. Uh, Lake Tarawera uh, was a volcano that last erupted in 1866. Um demolishing or smothering at least the pink and white terraces which were um well as i said a bunch of sort of coral uh calcium sort of like um terraces pink yeah. uh, in appearance hence the the pink and white terraces and they disappeared as a result of the eruption uh what got me interested about this from a paranormal angle is um is a portent uh to the doom of the eruption uh, about 10 days previous to this in 1866 um so probably around the 21st of May, if I'm deducting 10 days from the 31st. 21st of May, 1866, um, some locals in the area uh, said they saw a phantom waka or canoe. Uh, waka is a Maori uh, war canoe. Um, and the legend is held up for, well, up, up until now, because everyone, everyone seems to know about it as well, don't they? Yeah. Has there ever been another sighting of... Um, I couldn't find any. I mean, there's been different areas where phantom mockers have been spotted um one even being the uh the lake house art center that we that we visit we've talked about this off the air haven't we um the lake house correct me if i'm wrong just as you head over the north shore of auckland uh, around sort of uh what's it called is it barry what's what's the name of the road there barry thomas or something i don't know the name of the road to be fair but as soon as you get off at takapuna and and head head towards the the main center yeah so the the art center is just on your left as you go in yeah um it's not the original resting place of of the lake house no um 
But so it was moved to that site. It was moved to that site. Yeah. But I think there was also um, a, a nunnery or a convent there as well. Um, so Where there's, there's nuns, there's ghosts, right? Well, who knows? But <laughs> but the, uh, there are conflicting stories that say that it um, there was once a body of water there. Some people will say that what has been seen there is a walker going through. Others say it's um, ghostly nuns in their paddle boats going through that body nice. of water. Um, it is a football field now, yep. so there's no water there at all. There's a lot of reclaimed land around Auckland yep. Harbour, though, isn't yep. there? So That's right. It could easily have been a water, a body of water in the past. It could have been, yeah. Um, how did you... Now, your group, um, Haunted Auckland, did an investigation there, is that correct? Yep, that's correct. Yeah. Um, very misty area as well. So, so I think, you know, that's something you've got to think about with a lot of these stories that we'll probably come across tonight is... Yep. Mystic. Mis- <laughs> yeah, Well, well... Um, foggy sort of yeah. sets the scene. Uh, sets it? the scene, you yeah. know, and it's it's maybe there's something to it. Yeah, you know this this. Uh, Do you mean the fog is some sort of conductive, possibly? Material? Yeah, or, or yeah. reflective as well. Reflective. Yeah. Interesting. So you know, the often people describe these boats as coming through the mist or through the fog, or yeah. you know, so something was caught in the in the light of the lighthouse or something yeah. to that degree. Yeah. And then what did you guys see? Anything? Um, just a lot of fog. Just a lot of fog. Yeah, well, there, there were football field lights going as well at the time. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty pretty um, eerie, kind of cool looking, but, you know, um, very, very X-Files-esque where you could flash your torch and, yeah. you know, you see the beam going for miles, that sort of thing. But, yeah, no um, no canoes, no nothing. And what had, over the years, what have the reports been? What have people seen? A, a full Phantom Walker? Were they, were they warriors? Or um, they... As, well, as far as I've heard, there's only the one story of it being seen. So yep. um, I guess people recycle the same story. Yeah. Um, and when was that? Uh, they couldn't tell us an okay. exact date. So that old? <laughs> yeah, th- yep. that old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, we might put over, attach a little bit of artistic license to that one, yep. perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Okay, but there's many um, more sort of anomalies like that, and ghost ships, and all this sort of stuff. I mean, you only have to look back to the time of the Dutch East Indies and so forth, and then the Flying Dutchman. Whether that was a creation of, of um, someone's, you know, imagination, I don't know. Yep. Um, but mariners have have claimed to see ghost ships and so forth over the centuries, haven't they? So, yep. Um, we had a uh, very interesting incident. I posted a photo on the uh, Occam's Razor Facebook page recently of a type of mirage called a Fata Morgana. I don't know how you say this. Fata Morgana? Fata Morgana? Anyway, Fata Morgana basically is a mirage where um, it's created where hot air and cold air meet together and the light bends around an object in the distance and it basically projects it. Um, and it can be misconstrued as anything because they can take a, a boat um, and parts of the boat, the angles and so forth, start to contort and be on top of each other and sideways and create all sorts of strange-looking constructions that present themselves to, to people that can send from the beach. And they're reasonably common. When I say reasonably, you know, maybe once every few years. But the, the photo we put up was, was freaky. It came out of yep. the New Zealand Herald, I think. A couple of tourists um, had taken it when they were down in the Bay of Plenty, uh, I think it was in Tauranga. Um, and if I saw that, I would be like, what the hell is that? I mean, so that's not something you see every day, is it? No, not every day. Mm. But that, that's a possible explanation for these ghost ships, isn't it? Yeah, well, definitely. I think, And I think that's that's even one that was given for the um, Tarawera Maori canoe. Yep. Um, you know, just a, a lot of them said they kind of saw it out of the corner of their eye too. Yeah. So it was too... 
to the left of them, I think they said, as they were passing in their own boat. Yep. And they looked over and saw this image. But, I mean... How many eyewitnesses were there, do you know? Um... I don't know uh, of an exact number, but there was both people in the boat and people on the land that were seeing it as well. So, and it was a yep. mixture of both Maori and, and Pakeha at the time, okay. or Pakeha being New Zealand European. Yeah. Um, the fact so many people see it lends some weight towards it. And, yeah. And the fact that, I mean, it's 10 days before it erupts. I'm not a volcanologist, but I, I suspect that the mountain's heating up at that point. Yep. Um, and by the looks of it, in, yeah, it's in May 31st, so in New Zealand it's starting to get cold. Yeah. Um, you know, there could be a, could have been a hot air and a cold air smashing together and creating that sort of thing. Could very well be. Um, and whether, sorry, whether it's a uh, oceanic sort of um, thing, I don't know, these mirages, I mean, can they happen on lakes or ponds, do you know? Well, I mean, there there is a lot of um, links to the paranormal and water. So yep. if you think of the stone tape theory and what we could believe that um, it's a possible recording yep. in a building or something like that. If people listen to this show, they would have heard us talk about stone tape theory yeah. a lot. So, so the theory behind it is that the energy is being absorbed into the building. Yep. So if you think in terms of water, um, I mean, it can be quite a good con- uh, insulator of electricity and things like that. So... Uh, why not absorb other kinds of energy as well? Yep. And if we believe in the stone tape theory as well, maybe it can project yep. this energy as well. Uh, has there been any famous footage captured of um, spirit, spirit photography or podagogs or anything around bodies of water and lakes? Or There was certainly that one from the SS Watertown, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, with the two fa- creepy faces in the ways, that's yeah. quite one. Yeah. The photo's just so old, it's really hard to tell what's going well, on. Well, I mean, it know? also could be classic pareidolia as well. It could you be. Know? Well, yeah. and, and that's that's my my conclusion as mm. well that, that I would come to. But um, and the fact that the um, photo- well, photos took sort of two minutes to, to to sort of develop properly, didn't they? Anything could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are theories that go uh, between the homes where that are close to bodies of water, say lakes, springs that sort of thing as well, streams, rivers, yep. and that um, energy can travel through the water yep. ba- based on the theory I just explained. Yep. Um, so, yeah, why not? There was a ghost photo a few years ago um, of a pretty good one, actually. Pretty, um, you know, The outline was good and you could see a bit of sort of uh, transparency and all that sort of stuff. In, in Wales, I think it was, and the ghost is standing on a bridge um, and underneath it's a sort of raging torrent and the, and the town has some Roman um, history and has an aquifer and all this sort of stuff. If someone's listening and knows uh, that photo, because I did try and find it um, in regards to this show tonight actually and I just couldn't seem to track it down. It's one of the better things, and unless it's been completely disproved um, and someone was just having a laugh with me and it's, you know, or, yeah. or I imagined it, I don't know, because that, that can happen as well. If anyone knows, send that photo on, we'll have another look, because um, it was really interesting how there was, um, you know, just the power that would have been generated by the running water and stuff, you know, underneath yeah. it. Um, and that, that's kind of thing, you're right, you know, that's how you generate electricity, right? Yep. Um, but what happens if we're in a lake, you know, and it, <laughs> this lake's not going anywhere, it's like, a, it's like a mill pond, how are we getting these effects from something like that? I don't know. Don't know. <laughs> don't know. I mean, put that one to we'll, we'll put that one to. I mean, you got to put it down to the test, don't you? Yeah. You know? um, Absolutely. I mean, like I just said, what the the last explanation that I gave was is just one theory. It doesn't mean it's 
as true. So, yep. you know, we're open to all possibilities. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, it could just be a story. Mm. In the um, Central Plateau, not far from actually where I'm going in, in Rotorua and Lake Tarawera, there was the um, there was a giant lahar on Christmas Day. Uh, what year was that? The known as the Waitangi disaster. Not the White. Sorry, what am I saying? The now the train that got bowled by the lahar in 1950. Yep, well, Tangawai. Tell what, I think it was 1953, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Anyway, it was something that was pretty much close to Christmas. Um, and I've heard of people hearing sort of weird things on the near the memorial um, and that sort of stuff. The memorials, I took that one with a little bit of grain of salt because I heard, I did get told a story by someone who knew I had a show like this saying they saw a ghost uh, basically on the on the Tangiwai Bridge. Um, I did take it with a grain of salt because from what I know, that bridge has been remade. Um, it's not the original bridge, and the site of the memorial um, is only there because it's accessible yep. um, by car and, and foot. Well, it's easier accessible um, than the actual accident site. So I think that might be a little bit busted. <laughs> yeah, we, we went there as Haunted Auckland a couple of yeah, years ago, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, we didn't ne- we didn't investigate necessarily. We were just passing through. We stopped there and yeah, and had a look around. Yeah, so the bridge quotes yeah is there, but um, there's a lot of you know memorial and it's more of like a a walking museum, a tribute to to what actually happened. Yeah, yeah. It's really near that uh, rail remove spiral yep. thing they did, didn't they? Yeah, yep. that's right. Which is kind of awesome. Uh, what other examples have we got? Um, have you heard of the Orang Medan? Orang Medan? Orang Medan. I've heard of the Orang Pendak, and that, we covered yeah. that in episode 28. Yeah, well, this one's a, a boat. Okay. <laughs> it's nothing to do with the monkeys. Well, well, the translation is man from Medan. Okay. So I guess that's where the Orang comes the from. The Orang, as, yep. as an orangutan. Yep, yep, that's right. And Medan being... Uh, Singapore, Indonesia, somewhere around there. So it sounds yeah. Indonesian. So, yeah. so the story goes, and and here's one of the first red flags: is that stories say it dates between 1940 and 1948 when this uh, boat was discovered. So, okay, that's that's about eight years difference. Yeah, it's quite a bit, isn't um, it? Yeah, it's not like it's in the when when you go back centuries and it's yeah 1512 and 1522. <laughs> yeah, you know roughly I mean? yeah. somewhere around then. Yeah. But yeah, still eight, eight years. It's uh, within in recorded modern history. Anyway. It is. It is within recorded yeah. history. As the story goes, so two American ships heard a distress call from this uh, man of Medan, and um, upon boarding the ship, uh, well, sorry, before boarding the ship, the distress uh, call was from one single man, and his last words, "I die." So it was rough, broken English, and he, yep. said, he said, "I die," and the Americans went to investigate. Yeah. So they boarded the ship. All the crew were dead, and uh, they had you know, contorted, terrified fate looks on their faces. Um, so they were twisted and, and, and you know, very mangled state, yeah. although there was no sign of any foul play necessarily. Um, so in a bit of a frightened state, the rescuers got off the ship. Um, they called the authorities. Before the any further investigations, the ship blew up. Um it, well, caught fire as well, sank, um, and it is believed that it was possible that the uh, ship was carrying uh, gases illegally. So I'm talking about uh, nerve gases or nitroglycerin. Okay. Um, that's the logical explanation. 
others yeah. was uh, there was a spiritual thing where the ship was cursed. Yeah. Um, that, and that would explain some of the the looks on the faces of the crew found on the ship. I, I think um, for me, the fact that it's between 1940 and 48 comes. That's, that's the, the first. War comes yeah, that's it. the first red red flag for me as well. So and Japanese controlled territory. Isn't yeah, it, as that's well? right. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking logical explanation for that one, but of course, with a story like that and it's shrouded in mystery, so they didn't get to follow up any investigation either. Mm. So that leaves it open for uh, people to speculate. But again, is there any? I mean, this is 19, the 1940s. They had cameras. They had, you know, well, yeah, they did telegrams. Maybe they just didn't realise <laughs> what they were going to expect. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I mean, I don't know how quick it was before they got off the ship that this that this place blew up or sank, or maybe they even knew. Yeah, um, and just didn't didn't um, follow up on the story. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it's been. Uh, blamed on spiritual or alien abduction ufos all sorts of things but i think yeah yeah that one comes down to something that could be a little bit more believable and the contorted faces to me that would lend itself towards maybe the uh the nerve gases nerve that, gas, yeah yeah have, have attack you know turned on their on their maker so to speak so yeah we won't call that buster but we'll certainly throw it in the yeah uh, in the out tray i mean it's a story that's out there yeah but yeah i think it i think we we came put a put a thumb on that one and say well maybe not necessarily paranormal no but certainly unexplained yeah that's all right speaking of unexplained um i've been watching quite a lot of bermuda triangle shows there seems to be a shit ton of them on the moment on history channel and so forth everyone's doing bermuda triangle at the moment i'm not sure what what the new trend is um good old mate from um the, the indiana jones guy was his expedition unknown yeah, Josh, I'd Josh, that's him. We've got Josh jumping around, um, sort of around the Bahamas and Bermuda and all that, trying to and going out on boats and and letting off weather balloons and all this sort of stuff. He did come up with some quite interesting um, results of an experiment. Um, I've seen this experiment before, actually, is in regards to the uh, Cyclops, the USS Cyclops that uh, disappeared on March the fourth, nineteen eighteen, which and it's. I suppose it, it was a coal ship, wasn't it? A collier, strangely enough. Yep. Um, and I think it was probably destroyed by a freak wave, given the um, experimentation they've done in those sort of big wave tanks they have at universities and that sort of yeah. thing. So Josh Gates got in there and, and they got a massive wave. And it, and to be honest, it didn't knock it, it, didn't knock it completely, um, you know, submerge it completely or anything like that. But, I mean, for me, it's a rough, the water around there does appear to be rough, and it has some unusual tides. Yep. Um, and it also depends on what's on the ship. Yeah. And the weight displacement. That's and the other like thing. That. That's the other thing. I mean, you know, they could have had no ballast on one side, yep. or you know, taken too much coal out at the last stop, or yep. you know, who knows. But why did that story in particular sort of trigger the whole thing? Was that just the imagination of a newspaper writer? Or? I think so. I mean, it's mm. it's um, coming up with an idea and running with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, I, I don't, I don't follow a lot of Bermuda Triangle. I think lots of people have tried to explain it over the years, and I've yep. kind of just accepted that yep. it's that it's nothing to really follow up on. I just think it's a treacherous um, stretch yeah. of water, and also the, um, you know, inevitably someone will bring up the Avenger bombers and Captain Charles Taylor and them yep. getting lost and that sort of stuff. I don't think there's any dispute over the fact they crashed. Um, the fact they haven't recover the aircraft i mean it's a vast area for mm. a start but 
the fact that Henry Coney aircraft lends weight to conspiracy theorists and so forth that you know, because you can tell a lot more if you recover the craft of things, you know, yep. the wreckage and so forth. So, like with Amelia Earhart, that's another yep. one. Um, until they actually recover it, you know, they're not really going to know. Well, I mean, it's another one of those things with Amelia Earhart where people every so often come up and say, well, I think we found their remains, but... Mm. Well, there was that photo a couple of years ago, wasn't there? Yeah, um, of the aircraft, but the... No, there was that photo of her, or her, in inverted commas, sitting on a, um, on a jetty sort of with her head half turned and mm. I mean yeah it does look like her it does look like her and it was taken at some I forget the name of the island but it was called something like Christmas Island or something yep. like that um, and you know but again it's the only evidence they've got it's sketchy it's it's hard to yep. make out who's in the photo yes it does you know has some resemblance to mm. her but how are we ever going to prove it yeah well i mean there's lots of missing craft sort of stories that they don't necessarily revolve around the bermuda triangle either no you know you look at mh370 well as well i mean yeah. it, it didn't it didn't crash anywhere near there really but um still can't be found i think the mystery with that is um not so much that see they're kind of starting to establish or the, the narrative or the working narrative is that the pilot went crazy and yeah that sort of stuff which you know hey probably um I think the real mystery with that is the fact they can't recover it in, in the age we live in, you know, with yeah. with radar and tracking equipment and all that sort of stuff, the fact they just can't find it. Yeah, there's a, there's still a mystery surrounding it, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, th I think it's a mystery to probably be cracked. I don't think it's lost forever, but just because there's too many people looking for it. Yeah, I think someone will speak eventually. Mm. Someone knows something. Yeah, exactly. And I think... Um, Interagency cooperation probably hasn't been that good from what I've yep. heard between the nations, and there's a bit of one-upmanship going on, and some of them saying we want to find it, and that you know, and there's competition to for yeah. the glory in there. Yeah, you know, and I think that's part of it as well. Yeah, I mean, I'd like them to find it. I mean, everyone wants to know what happened to it. Yeah, obviously. Right. Yeah, I mean, their theory that the guy went went crackers and sort of just turned off the autopilot, and everyone slowly suffocated, yeah. and um. Well, I mean, allegedly there were some quite important people on board as well. Yeah. Um, you know, from people who were weapons experts and they're trying to patent certain technology and then all of a sudden next day it's been patented by the, the Rockefellers or whatever, or, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't really paint it with a conspiracy brush, but one I did was, remember there was another, it was the other Malaysian plane that went... No, there was one that was shot down, basically, by separatists. Not long afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that was the one that was full of HIV researchers. Yep. And I thought, when I first heard that, I thought, oh, that's just a load of conspiracy bollocks or something. But then I started seeing it on, on some of the more respected outlets. Um, and that that's that really rung some alarm bells for me yep. after, after hearing that. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, it, and it was, it was kind of too similar too soon as well, I thought. Yeah. But, you know... Yeah. Coincidences do happen. Someone didn't want them around, you know? Yeah. Um, probably someone who controls the drug supply for HIV and antiviral drugs yeah. and so forth. Who was that nasty piece of work who, who hiked the prices? Do you remember him? Um, he bought up basically all the, the paint and, uh, for the stock of uh, HIV retroviral. And um, he hiked up that the price from like $7 a pill to 700 Yeah. Uh, it's right. He's doing time at the moment for fraud, so... <laughs> I think it was Shekel, Martin Shekel or Sheckley or something like that. Anyway, he's a, he's a total, I can't really say the word on live yeah. on East FM 88.1, 107.1. <laughs> but 
but he was certainly a nasty piece of work. Yeah. And he was the only person, this annoyed me more, he was the only person who acquired the Wu-Tang album, the only album they made one of, um, and he he owns it. So that's it's not very cool, is it? No. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't deserve it, does he? No, he didn't deserve it at all. <laughs> Gift it back to the people, man. Yeah. But, um, yeah, sorry, getting back to this uh, Cyclops and just on the Bermuda Triangle, I know it's not your... Uh, you know, it doesn't hold as much interest for you as, as it probably does for some people. I'm a little bit cynical about it as well. When I yeah. heard about it as a kid through all the Charles Burlitz books and things like that, you know, it was it was awesome. It was, you know, would you ever, you know, you talk to your friends, would you ever sail a boat in the Bermuda Triangle and this sort of yeah. stuff? And then it takes on a sort of urban, urban legend status and that sort of thing, um, I think. But there was a few conspiracies around that Cyclops, Cyclops because it was in 1918, which was the time of the First World War. Um, and the captain was a German. Well, his name was Worley, um, W-O-R-L-E-Y, but he had changed his name from uh, Johann Wichmann. Um, and, you know, if you start putting two, two together, has he, you know, what's he done with the ship? Has he scuttled it? Has, have the Germans got a hold of it? You know, yep. I mean, it was a, a collier or a coal ship, so I'm wondering what the advantage to them of <laughs> having that would be, but, you know, maybe it was carrying something that we didn't know about. Maybe it was nerve gas. Maybe it was nerve gas. <laughs> from, from well, I mean, one of the more outlandish explanations for the Bermuda Triangle was uh, the Philadelphia experiment as well. Yeah. And you, you've obviously heard of that one. Yeah. Um, so the boat, the boat um, served serve as a visibility um, kind of experiment. Uh, yeah, a cloaking experiment. Cloaking. Think, they yeah. managed to transport a battleship from Norfolk, Virginia to was it New York Harbor or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, um, and eyewitnesses said they saw the boat in both harbours and this sort of thing. So, what do you think that was? I I really don't know. I mean, it could just be an outlandish story. Um, A lot of people seem to know about it, though. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's side stories that it went horribly wrong as well, where Mm -hmm. people were were transported and then became fused within the the ship itself yeah with a, a superstructure right? yeah. kind of trapped into it and then there were also two men that claimed during the transportation process they jumped off yeah and managed to jump time yeah and then managed to get themselves back so there is there is a whole uh i guess universe you could say surrounding the philadelphia experiment story but yep. um whether it's just fan fiction or mm. Or uh, there is some truth to it. I, I don't know, but you know it is there to to read if if you wanted to. I think interestingly, um, because it involves the navy, um, that's probably a shred of truth that they were doing something. Yeah, well, allegedly Albert Einstein was involved as well. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Albert Einstein and Nikola Tesla. So yeah, you know, little bits and pieces get a- uh, added and embellished. Yeah. So you know, it's again one of those things that. Through through Chinese whispers, it probably just became bigger than what it really was. Yeah. Um, maybe there was an attempt to do some sort of invisibility cloaking sort of device, but it never worked, and then all of a sudden someone took the story and ran with it. Yeah. And there was some sort of explosion on deck, and, and perhaps some, you know, seamen got, did get mangled, you know, within the ship or fried to the steel or yeah. something. Some sort of um, electromagnetic experiment going yeah. wrong or magnetism or, you know. Yeah. I think something like that's more likely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. In terms of bending the laws of physics and actually doing it, I'd, you know, 
What year was that? I Do think it know? was. Was it during the Second World War? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it was the forties, but I don't know. For, I don't know for sure. Because if it was post-war, I'm wondering if they with the was Operation Paperclip where they took all the Nazi scientists back yeah. to the US. I'm wondering if they were involved, but I'd have to check the dates to be honest. I can't quite remember. Yeah, um, but I mean, developing a cloaking device, you'd think it'd be something they would want for the war as well. Yeah, you're right. But still, it was a Cold War after that. Yeah. So you know, that was the really the start of the military-industrial complex as well. You know, because it yeah. was. The Iron Curtain was firmly closed and America was trying to have a look at what was going on mm. behind it and so was so was Britain. Well, so was everyone, really. And do you think something uh, like a cloaking device, we would have figured it out? There would have been more tests? Yeah. Or do you think it would still be top secret? You mean today? Today, yeah. It would have to be top secret. Yeah. Because you wouldn't tell your enemies you had it, would you? No, I guess not. I mean, they've played around with, with um, you know, mirror technology and stuff like that, haven't they, to yeah. create the illusion of, of invisibility. Um, but this sounds like a different, you know, right at a different scale. Yeah. If you're transporting um, battleships from one harbour to another yeah, that's, through time. That's bending time and space, right? Yeah. Awesome, though. Awesome if they pulled it off. Yeah, I mean, it's... It a, sounds it's, like they balls it up. It's a cool story, but... Mm. Whether there's any truth to it, I don't know. There's quite a lot of truth in electromagnetic disturbances within uh, Bermuda Triangle, and actually in any body of water where there's been uh, a lot of plane crashes and things like that. Um, they have noticed a lot of you know polar illegalities and stuff like yep. that. Um, I think that might have you know played quite a part in, in sort of plane crashes and stuff like that. Because if your compass is stuffed, that's what they said with, with yeah. uh, Captain Taylor and all that with the Avengers, their compasses were stuffed. Um, and, you know, you don't have a point of reference on the ground. And, and, and he said he was getting lost over the key. He thought he was over the keys. Yeah. Um, but he was miles off course and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, if your instruments stuff up, and this is in the 40s as well, they didn't have the um, communications. That yeah, it's all, it's all analogue, right? Yeah, exactly. So, hey... Need some weight to it. Yeah, I, I could believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, I mean, it could be one of those areas where, like you said, different electromagnetic fields or magnetic fields and it just, mm. it just goosed up the electrical, well, their, their navigation devices and, and it was all good night nurse for them. Mm. I think the fact that that Martin Mariner that went missing, uh, that they dispatched to look for them, um, that added, a, you know, that, really gave it some impetus though the whole paranormal element yep. to it though didn't it yeah i mean they were a big clunky airplane from what i understand you know that but they could land on the sea and that was that was the issue because people were saying obviously something happened in flight it wouldn't have been probably happening on landing you know yeah because they had the capability to land on on the water so it all depends on the time of day and the conditions as well i mean it yep. could have just been the wrong place at the wrong time and yep seas were high the the Visibility was poor, and mm. you know, if your navigation devices aren't working, then yeah. But I think with the Mariner, it actually blew up in midair. They yeah. did have a couple of eyewitnesses who saw. They didn't see it blow up, but I think they saw a you know, big flash of light or something like that. So yeah, but again, again, you know, you could say what caused it to blow up. You know, yeah, probably a leaky fuel line. Something, yeah, something like that, or a bird flew into their engine, or yeah, could be anywhere. So I'm not going to catch a boat um, in the Bermuda Triangle anytime soon. No, no, just for just for safety. Just sake. in case. Just in case. <laughs> what about these? Um, what's that? Have you seen that Bimini Road? The uh, 
Okay, so you know Bimini, which is sort of in the Bahamas. It's a little tiny sort of yep. island. Um, there's a what they think is an ancient road under the water there, and and the Atlantean theorists right, come okay. out of the closet. Yep. And they love it. They love it. They've done some tests on it, um, and they can't really date it to the period of well, the suspected period of Atlantis being in existence. Um, and they think they're probably not man-made structures as well. They just happen to be shaped. They're kind of like coral that happens to be shaped like a road. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I was just researching for this episode. Yeah. There was also one with the exact same description in, off the coast of Japan as well. Yeah, I've heard that as yeah, well. So, mm. Naturally occurring phenomenon. Yeah. But see, a lot of this is coming to light, obviously, because of satellite technology and yep. google earth and stuff like that so people are seeing things they haven't seen before yeah that's right and they could have been there since the beginning of time you know yep well i mean that, uh, i was speaking earlier about the um the baltic sea anomaly yep which was now is that the millennium falcon that's one, a, one that looks like the yeah. millennium falcon so i mean and you look at the photos so yeah i can i can see it yeah um and it does look like a structure underneath the sea um it was discovered in 2011 so it's about 70 metres long and 100 metres underneath the ocean. So, um, yeah, the divers came across this and thought that was um, metallic in origin. So obviously looking like a Millennium Falcon, they've gone direct to, oh, it must be a UFO or something yep. underneath the sea. Um, but the theory is, is that um, it was studied by Stockholm University. They okay. took some core samples of it. And they're sweet, so they'll be very thorough. Yep. 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 And uh, they came to the conclusion that it was a glacial deposit. Glacial deposit? Glacial. So it's uh, uh, allegedly, according to them, around the Baltic Sea, it's quite common to have ice deposits around there as well. So I don't know. I can't argue with them. So Well, it's sort of, yeah. They know about cold places, right? Yeah, water. I, I guess so. I'm going to take their word for it anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so they're saying it's it's nothing unusual. It's a natural occurrence. Yep. Um, so yeah, obviously they they um, they killed the mystery of that one. That's right. But you know what? If I was a UFO, um, well, not a UFO, but if I was an extraterrestrial traveller flying in a UFO to the Earth, and it had the capability to hide under the sea, you'd probably use that capability, wouldn't you? Yep. There seems to be a, lot, a rise of uh, USOs and stuff being reported all over the place. But, again, they, they're quite often reported in the US and they're quite often reported near um, military installations, you know, US Navy yep. and stuff like that. So is it experimental aircrafts? You know, it's something experimental, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you take the description of a, of a typical Swedish person as well, they, they fit the description of the... Nordic aliens. Of, of the Nordic aliens, yeah, don't they? they so, do. I mean, maybe there's a huge cover-up and we've we've just we just uh, uncovered <laughs> that sort of conspiracy there. They're hiding up there yeah. in the north from yeah. us. Yeah, well, it's just, it's just ice, they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, the X-Files touched on that, didn't they, when they yeah. had that base in Antarctica and, 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 and uh, Malt, uh, Scully got kidnapped and... Yeah. and Made to breed alien kids or something like that from, from memory. Yep. Yeah. That, that's, that's around the time that it started jumping the shark. <laughs> yeah, did, eh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And they brought in um, Robert Patrick and... Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't bad in it, actually. He wasn't but, bad, but, but it wasn't modern Scully, you know. It no. Was, it was a different no. sort of vibe. And he's always going to be the liquid metal guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, what about when you hear of things like the Marie Celeste? Um, 
you're getting found adrift in the Azores and, and you know, it looked like the crew had just left in a hurry and everything was, you know, still laid out for them. Apparently there was warm food and a cat even sleeping on a chair, yep. which some accounts say that that's what happened. Others don't mention it at all, so I don't really know full, where to go Full barrels of alcohol still left on the ship exactly, as well. Exactly, so. yeah. Yeah. But wasn't it something miserable like ru- rubbing alcohol or um, something I, that wasn't useful? Yeah. From memory? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... It was full of provisions, the ship, anyway, right? Yeah. Um, but the uh, the lifeboat was allegedly gone. It was. Yeah. So my theory is that they thought they were going to sink or come to some sort of demise and they they jumped yep. ship. Yeah, I've heard that the captain might have thought the boat was listing. He thought yep. it had a hole in it and it was listing, but it could have been caused by something else. He told them to abandon ship and, and they did and that was... The last they were which, seen. Yeah, which probably could have been worse than actually staying on the ship. Yeah, you know, but they got the... Um, but, okay, so that happened in, you know, not in the Bermuda Triangle. Yep. Okay. So I think it's a bit of a victim of circumstances place. Like, it's, it's a vast body of water for a start. It's it's not... In your mind, you think it's just a triangle between three countries because you see it on the map, but it yep. is a huge area, mm. right? And statistically, it doesn't appear to have any more dis- disappearances or anomalous phenomena than any other stretch of water anywhere on the globe. Yep. But once you get that reputation, right, you know, it doesn't help being called the Devil's Triangle as yeah. well. Anything with the devil attached to it, you know you're in trouble. Well, again, as soon as, uh, you know, someone gives it a name or, you know, it gets widespread attention be it through through literature or media attention or something like that um you know it, it becomes a household name mm. that's how how people just associate with these sorts of things like bermuda triangle mm. as you say um craft go down all around the world but mm. there's just that certain area that people attribute disappearances to mm. and also you get used to getting news reports in those days you know from the other side of the world yeah some guys hamming up his story, you know, because there's, there's, uh, it's ancient clickbait, you know what I mean? That's so right, yeah. He's got to ham it up a bit. We found this deserted ghost ship. And any time you enter, enter the words ghost or anything into your text, you know, people just spark up, especially if it's in the headline. And and remember, you know, when the when the early days of these stories started, people were fascinated by adventure and, and yep. mystery and, Absolutely. and what was on the other side of the world. I mean, yep. you know, you can imagine there were plenty of flat earthers back then didn't, didn't realise the earth was round sort of thing and, you know, and it took took quite a long time for the stories to get back to, to the mainland. Yep. And, um, you know, you could have told them anything and they would have believed it. Has Haunted Auckland ever investigated a uh, vessel? No, not to my knowledge. No. No. Interesting, because in doing my research, the uh, Alchemos came up. Yeah. Um, tell people about it who, who might be not from Australia, New Zealand and... Um, well, from what I understand, it was a it was made in the US, so it's it's currently in Western Australia, Wanneroo, yep. I think the place is. Wanneroo, yep. yeah. So I, I don't know whether it's still there now. I mean, it may be it a lot. It is, it is yeah, a yep. lot worse state now, but it's certainly well. They got it ready. They dressed it up for salvage um, back in the seventies, I think, or sixties, um, and then it got moved. You know, the waves got big, and it got yep. moved to so a sort of bar, and it, then it got smashed up. Initially, it was yeah, it was a US ship which yep. was um, had a crew of both Canadian and Norwegian um, 
people aboard. They're always Norwegians, eh? Norwegians, yeah. Is that about? Um, so it was apparently um, used to transport uh, troops and prisoners of war between Australia and New Zealand near the end of the war. Yeah. So um, as the story goes, it originally wrecked off the coast of New Zealand in 1952, but they, they managed to move it. And then it hit a reef in Australia, Western Australia in 1963. Yep. So from from those two wreckages, they believed it was it was cursed. Yeah. But um, as as the story goes, in, in terms of hauntings, um, there was a lady called um, Maud Steen, and she was a Canadian radio operations person, and um, she was accidentally killed by one of the crew. In 1944, I believe it was. It was August 44. August 44. And I actually know a little bit about this. It's interesting, your take on it, because I understood it was a male that was killed. Oh, really? And he was killed by another um, another uh, crew member. They, they And then the, the crew member turned the gun on himself. Okay. So a murder-suicide. Yeah, the story that I, that I heard was that it was this lady called Maud, and she was the first lady to have died in service. Uh, from from Canada during the war in the yeah. Merchant Navy, yeah, yeah. So interesting, yeah. So already we we've yeah. come to a red flag. But that's what happens, isn't it? Yeah. These Conflicting stories. stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's been a few documentaries about it as well that I've seen. Um, yeah. Divers going around the going around the wreck, um, and they've heard noises coming yeah. from the wreck. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because there's descriptions of, of, of moaning and things like that coming from a shipwreck, which I would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a, it's an old, rusty yeah. piece of metal. and Like how old, old, old houses grown, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I mean, if something's, you know, not where it's supposed to be in the ocean and it's being hit by waves and it's yep. there's slight movement, I would expect to hear moans. So but, um yeah, so still, I'm not going to go climb it or, or dive around it. Oh, same time. Yeah, I've seen yeah. these documentaries and thought I'd like to do that, but you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's you just do. that's just me. I mean, I don't, I you, don't know. You let them put their little submersible, um, yeah, uh, submarine, and yeah. that's as far as we're going. Yeah, I'm I'm not a very good swimmer, but you know, I'd still like to investigate a shipwreck. <laughs> Absolutely, because <laughs> um, it's not that far off the shore, is it? <laughs> No, I don't think it is. But no, yeah, I don't, you I, can I, see it, oh, yeah, I don't think you'd swim that far. It looks, it looks, still looks pretty rough. But yeah, yeah. You know, if anyone sees a ghost, just put me there, and I'll. Mm. I'll it's not that it. far for the uh, haunted Auckland team to travel to Western Australia. No, seven hours or so. Yeah, isn't it? It's probably worth it. What about the? We uh, saw something up. <laughs> that's right. What about the Queen Mary, which um, obviously was a Cunard liner. Um, up until the late sixties, I think, and that and that was uh, it's on been on permanent display at, at um, Long Beach, Long Beach, Long Beach, California. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's been there since sixty seven. Yep. Um, I've yeah. seen a couple of ghost shows about that where, where they've gone on board and someone saw a, a couple dancing in the ballroom or some carry yep. on. Yep. So yeah. the Queen Mary is a bit of a hotspot for paranormal investigators. You know, yep. I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that hasn't gone or wants to go. Over there, um, and I think there, you know, it is there is actually a uh, a paranormal scheme over there where you can do tours and 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 proper ghost tours, or yep. if you're an investigation team, you can actually pay money to go and investigate and have have the uh, ship to yourself or or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
but from the stories that I've read, it's it's things like children singing, um, playing around the the pool area, mm. um, and you know, uh, eyewitnesses have seen like footprints coming from the from the pool area when no one's actually been in there. Yeah, um, and their and their children. And there's no water in the there. pool, is there? Um, uh, Was that the double creepy thing? Because there's a pool sort of. Um, it's sort of in the lower deck somewhere, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. From memory, it's not a top deck thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. And there's also an elderly woman who's yep. seen diving into the pool as well. So, okay. with no water or with water? Um, well, this doesn't really is, this, matter this, if you're a ghost. Does this, it? Well, I suppose it doesn't. No. Um, but uh, coming from the from the the documentaries that I've seen, there was, I guess, for uh, for visual reference, there was water in the pool. But yep. um, they never really specified. But yeah, I suppose it's quite interesting whether there was or wasn't. Because um, would, to me, that would point towards sort of an interdimensional shift. Yeah, you know, if they're diving into something that isn't there anymore. Yeah, uh, or yeah. A, or just like a residual recording mm. where they're just playing over and over again what they've actually done. But it'll be interesting if the water actually showed up as the apparition in the apparition, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, don't know. Yeah, I haven't seen that'd it. be interesting. Yeah. Um, and as you say, there's been people seen in the, in the diner or, or the dining area of the um, of the ship. Yeah. And um, there was one. Uh, I think it was a janitor. He was down in the lower deck. I think it was. And he heard the sounds of like metal tearing, like really loud um, crashing sounds, and uh, the sounds of water rushing through. Um, and it sounds like the Poseidon adventure. Yeah. So he mm. he believed that it was he was hearing um, a residual noise of, and he was hearing this with his own ears, of um, the reported collision with the Queen Mary and a British ship called the Kurosawa. And, okay. uh, I didn't realise it had it been in an accident. Yeah, well, the, it was actually used during the war as well, so it was painted grey, and oh, it was also a troop ship. Yep, and it was called yeah. the Grey Ghost. Oh, funnily enough, interesting. Uh, but then I think it was repainted back before being being left at uh, Long Beach. Yep. So um, yeah, in that accident, three hundred men were killed. So this this janitor claimed that he was hearing, you know, tearing metal, screams, rushing water. Mm. Um, and it was all in the area where the Queen Mary took damage. So, interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. There's also room three four B three three forty that's supposed to be haunted, um, and I think that's the room most of these sort of ghost investigators stay in. Don't yeah. They? Yeah. And try and get the uh, many people go and and they've they've recorded EVPs there. Um, yeah. And some have even believed they've taken photographs of apparitions there as well. So, look, all you need to do is go online and, and have a look at Queen Mary ghost photos and you'll you'll come up with hundreds, if not thousands. And they've turned it into a bit of an industry. It is, it is say, an right? industry, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still a place that I'd like to go and have a look at, but... Yeah. Um, again, it's one of those pl- places that's been investigated so many times, you kind of don't know what's truth and what's fiction. Mm. And, you know... Um, between people that go in there and take it seriously, or people that just want a cheap thrill, and they'll uh, they'll put a ghost wherever they want. Yeah, it's good for business. right? It is good for business. Yeah, there is well, money to be made. We're talking in about it on the other side of the world. We're saying, I'd love to go and check out the Queen Mary and yeah. investigators' ghosts and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like that. I mean, Do you know what I mean, I'm, a, I'm an investigator at heart. So yeah. I mean, if, if someone says ghosts, I'm going to want to go there. <laughs> Slightly different tact uh, for the last segment. 
Have you ever heard of Lionel Buster Crab or Lionel Crab, a British frogman? Tell me about it. Okay, now he was um, well, he was a lieutenant um, commander actually in the Royal Navy. Um, he was declared pres- well, presumed dead on 19th of April 1956. Um, Buster was the Royal Navy's um, premier frogman um, and underwater explosives guy and all this sort of yep. stuff. So. Um, he it worked all through World War Two and all that sort of stuff and won heaps of medals. He's it was actually an MI six operative as well. Um, when he he disappeared, um, he had been doing a reconnaissance on a Soviet cruiser that had berthed at Portsmouth in nineteen fifty six. So basically, there was the Cold War. No one trusted anybody, um, and the Brits said, "All right, Buster, you get there and see what they've got underneath the hull, in case they've got you know they're hiding anything from us." Um, his body was never recovered. About a year, well, it was actually about 14 months later, um, they did find a body um, in a wetsuit, um, minus its head and hands. Um, the official report was it could have been busted, but a friend who was called into ID and said that he had scars on the, behind his knees from uh, surgery, and they couldn't find any of those uh, scars, so they couldn't basically put Buster's name to it, but it was kind of assumed that it was his body. And they said after that amount of time, you know, the fish had had him and all that sort of stuff, so that accounted for the decapitation and so forth. Um, Quite a famous story, actually, that sort of got swept under the carpet a little bit um, in the sort of Cold War era because it was very hush-hush. I think official documents of it were released in 2007 under the 50-year law or whatever, the Freedom of Information. some cohorts that he worked with in, in intelligence services said that he was um, had died during a Soviet interrogation, um, and they basically, you know, just got rid of the body and, and chopped it up to make it look like, you know, that and accidentally killed him. Yeah. Um, another theory was he was grabbed by underwater frogmen, uh, like sort of sentries that were placed yeah. around the ship, um, and takes taken back to Russia because he was a double agent. So we may never know. I suspect that's one of those uh, things. Someone does know what happened Yeah. Uh, to Buster. But no, he was no never, one's yeah. going to speak necessarily. Absolutely not. But uh, poor old Buster was never seen again post-1956 and to this day remains an enduring mystery within the uh, Royal Navy community, from what I understand. I've spoken with some guys who were in the Royal Navy, and that's how I know about that story. I've heard it yep. quite a few years ago, actually. Um See, that's interesting. Um, Speaking of being grabbed by underwater frogmen, uh, Harold Holt, the former Australian Prime Minister, Liberal Prime Minister, uh, disappeared in December 1967, coming back from a meeting with some party cohorts, um, and he went for a swim, just completely out of the blue, um, whether that's someone putting words in someone's mouth or whether it's um, really what happened. It, it adds to the suspense of the whole thing. If you don't know the story, Harold Holt went missing. Um, his body was never recovered. He was the serving Prime Minister at the time, which made it uh, even more interesting. Um, the beach is called uh, Cheviot Beach in Victoria. Um, there was rough conditions um, and the theories thrown forward was, first of all, a drowning, which seems um, most likely like me. Yeah. Um, he got a bit uh, overconfident with his swimming and got caught in a rip and, and just disappeared. Um, it is Australia, so sharks are a possibility. Um, 
some people have mentioned suicide, but apparently he's quite a confident man and he had no, had no real history of mental illness or anything like that, so I don't think that's quite right. Um, but this is my favourite, and this is how it ties back to old Buster. Uh, he was collected uh, by a submarine to defect to China. <laughs> what do you think of that? Wow, that is out there. Um, yeah. yeah. I would find it ex- extremely difficult to swim out amongst heavy seas to a submarine, yeah, probably aided by frogmen, to be fair, a Chinese submarine that was in Australian territorial waters yep. and be whisked away to China and never heard from again. And, and sorry, was this night swimming? Was he... No, it was in the middle of the day. Middle of the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I'm sure you'd notice a submarine in the middle of the day. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. It's... In kind of in rural Victoria. Yeah. Yeah, someone's yeah. going to notice it, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. yeah. No, no one sees a, a submarine pull up on the beach and just, you know, oh, it's yeah. just a submarine. Yeah. You know, I think you'd say something if you saw that. But, yeah, I think likeliness is that he drowned. There was some there was some um, strange disappearances during that Cold War era, though. There really was, yeah. wasn't there? You know, people did just sort of fall off the face of the earth, you know? Yeah. Um, all that whole era of espionage and, you know, it was romanticised quite a lot before... Russia opened up before Glasnost and, and all that sort of stuff. Who knows what they were up to then? Well, yeah, but was it wasn't know? Australia necessarily involved in, in that's that time. Thing. And why would he? Why would he be a double agent? Money, yeah. you know? Why would yeah. he bother? Really? I mean, you can't. Why ignore- would the Chinese? Why wouldn't the Chinese just get him to do a state visit or something and pick him? I know they were communists, but you know, do a state visit nearby yeah. and then pick him up in some other countries, Singapore or you know. I mean, the more you say it, I am liking that theory, just yep. more because of how absurd it is. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. It's very James Bond. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's very. Um, he was also said he was assassinated by the CIA, So, but that always gets chucked in everywhere. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the CIA had against the Australian Prime Minister, but mm. however, he just looked like a typical sort of Aussie bloke who, who was in office. and Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to assume, but possibly alcohol was involved. It could have been. Yeah. More than likely. I think, as I said, I think he just got a bit cocky and, and got caught in a rip and disappeared. Yeah. And they, he was only swimming with one other guy, I think, um, from memory. And there was three or four in the party, and the other ones said it was too rough and they weren't going out. Yeah. So, that lend, you know. So, I mean, yeah, it, it kind of seems a little obvious. It Dr- does. Drowning. You know, if guys are saying that it was too rough and he still went out, he was too confident. Yep. You know? Yeah. No. I got a follow-up, I think a few weeks ago, I mentioned um, a guy had been out fishing in the uh, Firth of Thames, which isn't far from from where we broadcast from, um, and he saw some strange lights in the sky and I asked him some photos. Um, Strangely enough, he looked at his camera the photos he took on the night were just black, whether that's he's not a very good photographer yep. or the lights um, just didn't show up basically because he was using a cell phone. I don't know. Um, when we tied the dates back together, it was in that period where Starlink uh, satellites were being launched yep. uh, a lot by Space Inc. Um, the exact date he can't quite remember, but he knows it was Friday or uh, he knows it was Saturday or Sunday, but he was out both days and he can't quite remember which one it was. Um, I try to tie or marry the dates back together of those startling launches. Yep. Um, I think it's the most likely suspect. I think so. Yeah, I mean, yep. 
I mean, you took that video over Howick. Yeah. Uh, I'm still I'm still pretty certain that they were lanterns and yep. not Starlink. Yeah. Starlink was was flying over on that night, but, yep. yeah, what I saw kind of went up in the sky and then came back down again, which is... And and the direction that they were travelling was, was different to Starlink as well. Yeah. So... Because I remember you went online straight up and, and you yep. were looking at where they were launching from and trajectories and yep. heights and all this sort of yep. carry on and it yeah. didn't, didn't quite match, did it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my my stepson also works for Rocket Lab, so you know oh, it's, right? just, it's just a just a laptop away of what what's yep. in the sky. So yeah, um, yeah, just the way that those those lights were behaving, I don't think they were satellites. They were they were also too close. I'm I'm like ninety nine percent certain that what I was looking at was actually coming from Stockade Hill, which is yep. just down the road from where we are now. Yeah, um, yeah. But in terms of seeing Starlink in the sky, it's it's pretty common to see them now. Yeah, you know, at least I do once know what you say because they seem like a big hor- more horizontal. Yeah, you know, and what you saw, they were heading up vertically and disappearing. Yeah, they're they? heading up vertically, disappearing, yeah. and one I even watched come back down again. So, you know, if you're talking about the Chinese lanterns, which is like a little miniature hot air balloon. Yeah, and if you if there's not enough hot air in it. Or the the light goes out, it's going to come back come down, down again. Yeah. So I mean, that's what some of them were doing. If if you if you look closely, um, we shall never know unless you did some yeah. research and you do know. Yeah. Well, no, I, no one's ever come no forward. One's come forward. No one's come forward and said anything. But no, they're too scared, Sam. That's yeah. What it is. It, I mean, it was at the beginning of the um, coronavirus outbreak as well. So yep. I'm wondering whether it wasn't a tribute to that or. Yeah, um, just a belated Chinese New Year or something like that as well. <laughs> just a belated one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we forgot. Here we go. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. Oh well, that's what we do here on Occam's Razor. Um, that was episode twenty nine. Um, you can catch all our episodes on Spotify now. We've got a pretty good playlist that I put together uh, with all episodes available. You can listen to your car. You can listen to it when you're. Chilling out in your room when you're mad at your parents, whatever. Yep. Um, yeah. Hey, just get amongst it. You'll find it on Spotify. And we've actually got a website now. It's called OckhamsRazorParanormal.com. Um, there's a lot of uh, musings uh, written by myself, just um, just documenting. Par- documenting is a loose term, but I, I talk about paranormal locations I've been to um, recently, everything from... From Normandy Beach um, to uh, haunted sort of theatres in Melbourne and things like that. So I like to make a little note of where I've been and if I'm in a city, look up at sort of supernatural passes. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Yeah, I can, see you, I can see you doing the same thing. Yeah. So are we going to expect a, a Tarawera uh, sitting by the lake? Yeah, 100% onto it, Sam. <laughs> Waiting uh, for that canoe to go past. I'm just seeing if I can get on a boat because of all this COVID n- nonsense, but if I can yep. get on a boat and just head out into the lake and just have a look around, under the premise of having a look around. Uh, but really, um, you know, filing a story for uh, OckhamsRazorParanormal.com. Yep. We'll report back because next, oh, ne- I'm not going for a couple of weeks, but in a couple of weeks I could have photos of phantom canoes and all sorts. Yep, we always live in hope, don't we? We do, and I'll put them up on the YouTube uh channel i mean the videos i'm going to get you see yeah they'll, they'll be up on youtube so stand by for those and we'll um we'll catch you next monday for episode 30 topic to be discussed